song and uh, we'll get going we've got about two minutes left and uh give some time for some folks to gather in and uh we're still waiting on, mm-hmm. on our friend, uh, ray so uh, we'll see hopefully sleepy trader joe podcast i like that up oh, hold on what's that i said maybe this is why you just take cheap finishes and go buy third party ones. oh my god what happened oh my god big sexy is uh showing me why you take cheap missions? Because sexy. That is very sexy. Yeah. No, I agree. Anyways, uh, we'll play another. Uh, oh, I like this one. This is one of my favorites from uh, my cousin's band. So enjoy this, and uh, we'll get to our show started here very momentarily. Welcome to the show, Mary and Sleepy Trader Joe. I like to dedicate this song to the ukulele, my best friend, y'all. Thank you. 
Good to see you, brother. We'll be uh, getting started here very momentarily. Just dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's. Enjoy some chill out vibes. Well, and Kurt, we will be MIA, but hopefully Honeybee might decide to surprise us with her presence. We shall see. Serious. And now, 
Here is your host, Slightly, along with co-host Eric from Georgia. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Slightly Serious Show. It is Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. I know. You should all be proud of me. I got the day of the week right. It's very tough keeping in mind what day of the week it is when you're at home every single day of the week packing. But uh, today, indeed, in fact, it is Tuesday. Hopefully everyone's uh, enjoyed their Tuesday afternoon. And I appreciate you joining us live. Uh, For those of you on Podbean, in addition to our Twitch and dlive.tv forward slash slightly underscore series. You can always check us there on the video channel in addition to all the other ones uh, that are too many to name. But uh, yeah, no, uh, the the song track uh, that was playing prior to the show is uh, is my second cousin, not uh, like really, really close cousin, but uh, he lives here in San Diego. And it was a few years back that him and his band uh, wrote that song amongst maybe 10 or 11 others that uh, got produced and put on an album. Uh, the, the name of the group was SDIB, which is San Diego Island Boys. And uh, it's a very fantastic CD. And uh, anyways, we'll, we'll continue to play some of that music. It's very nice, relaxing, chill out, good vibe type music. But uh, anyways, welcome to tonight's show. Uh, we are expecting to have our guest on, on tonight, uh, Ray Bell with the Free Think Institute. And uh, hopefully he'll be joining us a little bit later on in the show. Um, earlier, before we start, even started the show, someone in the audience decided to throw out, hey, where the hell is Gavin Newsom? Well, you know, Mary and BP and all, everyone else that wants to know, I haven't really been keeping track of him. But I do know for a fact that he's been like MIA since he gotten his booster shot. Uh, that was about eh, 12 days ago now. Uh, I, I do hear that he did attend a, you know, uh, uppity, uppity wedding event and stuff like that, kind of like uh, Nancy Pelosi and all that. She was, I think, at the same uh, event without a mask. But, uh, yeah, everyone's wondering why, where the hell is Gavin? Uh, he's not uh, doing anything for the state of California or his constituents. The way I look at it is, the more you don't see him or hear from him, the better off we all are. So I'm okay with it. <laughs> according to uh, the peeps in Sacramento, he's he has been in the office. He's been uh, working behind closed doors, I guess. And uh, one of the things that I was kind of taken aback by, though, is his dumb, dumbass wife. Uh, her tweet has since been deleted. But, you know, everybody, the whole buzz in California apparently is, where's Gavin? Why isn't he working? Where's he at? Is, is everything okay? Is the marriage all right? Is he, uh, you know, like, where the hell is he? So anyways, uh, his wife, I think his, her name is Jennifer. Uh, but anyway, Miss, Mrs. Newsom, uh, she went out to say on Twitter, quote, stop hating and get a life. <laughs> Really? <laughs> wow. So you have a the wife of a governor here in the state of California who's, you know, the governor's all up in everyone else's damn business, um, wanting us to be jabbed and uh, making sure that we're confined to our own homes. But God forbid we ask questions about him and his life, right? Unbelievable. But, yeah, he did skip out on the Scotland trip. Uh, that was that same trip that uh, actually the uh, gay mayor of San Diego, and I, and I only say the gay mayor because Todd Gloria, uh, as I'll remind you, 
he wants to make sure that it is known that he's the gay mayor of San Diego. Um, he's even going to Scotland. Uh, why someone needs to go to Scotland that's, you know, in charge of a little uh, not a little municipality, but, you know, a mayor of a city, it's kind of beyond me, but, uh, you know, it's not on his dime, so why not? Anywho, um, so that's where Gavin is. Apparently, he's going to be back in Sacramento and working, and maybe we'll hear from him, God forbid. But, uh, you know, he's okay. He's alive. He's doing well. He has not suffered any adverse COVID reactions from his jab. At least that's what they're telling us. Anywho, I want to bring in our good friend, Ray. Ray, how are, how the hell are you? Are, are you uh, here in I'm San good. Diego? Yeah, I'm good. I'm um, back in San Diego. Just got back from Florida. Oh, very nice. Uh, yeah, I heard you were like hobnobbing it with uh, our good friends yeah. uh, at Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago, yes. Yeah, so it was the uh, Spirit of Lincoln dinner for Log Cabin Republicans. But one thing I do want to say about the whole thing with climate change and Todd Gloria, you know, it's, it's really become a lifestyle for these people that they, you know, here they are. It was like four. And this thing has been going on for like over a week. I mean, I can't, this is like the longest conference I've ever seen in my life. I mean, but that's when you have unlimited amount of money and you don't really have to work. I mean, when I go to a conference, you know, we have two, three days because everybody's back to work and make a living and do all those things. But this thing is going on and on forever. And, but it's a lifestyle. So there's the mayor of San Diego, the governor of California was supposed to be there. And I'm sure there's a whole other bunch of, you know, uh, Democrats who are in local office that attended because it raises their profile. And again, it's part of a lifestyle. So, well, and, anyways, and a quick question <laughs> and just to get an opinion from you. Yeah. I mean, obviously the politicians love to travel whenever they can. It's on the taxpayer mm -hmm. dime anyways. Don't you really mm -hmm. think that something really is going on with Gavin for him not to go? Yeah, it's so, it's, it's so strange. I mean, I don't buy the story that, you know, his kids were mad that he was going to be away. He wasn't going to be trick or treating. So something, <laughs> is going on um, there. Now, I heard he either made a, an appearance day or issued a statement or something, but, you know, um, there's all sorts of rumors going around, but, you know, he, it's kind of weird that he coincided with him getting the booster shot and that, you know, it, it's very plausible that he did have a reaction to it or something. It's just, it's very strange, you know, and there was a lot of speculation that it might have to do with his marriage. I mean, after, you know, his wife, <laughs> going out and tweeting, uh, stop hating and get a life. Mm -hmm. That's kind of harsh. I mean, something going on at home, you think? Probably. And then she, then she had to take, well, it was very interesting that she took it down. I think about, um, 10 minutes after she, um, she made it. So something happened, someone told her to take it down. So there, there, there's definitely, there, there's definitely a conflict going on in that household at the very least. <laughs> yeah. Then again, if I, if I live with Gavin Newsom, there'd be conflicts every night. So I understand. Exactly, exactly. So tell us about your trip in Mar-a-Lago. Did, did you get to meet the yes. big guy or, you know? Um, just got up close and got to say, you know, uh, hi and so forth and um, a little chit-chat. Couldn't take a picture with him because it was um, $25,000 to get a picture with him and Marlania. So they, the Secret Service wouldn't let you get a picture um, with him. But I did get to see um, Roger Stone. I spoke to him and then I was also surprised to see Suzanne Summers there. Oh, wow. um, so I got to, um, you know, meet with her and talk to her and she was really, really nice. And um, um, 
Janine Pero. I got to speak to her. Um, that's a whole nother story, which I'll, um, I probably have to, I'll have to, I'll, I'll have to skip that story. <laughs> I'll tell you off right one day, but um, <laughs> that was an, all I can say is not a very nice person. That's really good. That okay? Yeah, all right. That's so, surprising. Although you know she's yeah, you know, she seems a little bit vicious on on the Fox News broadcast. So mm-hmm. she kind of yeah, strikes me. Um, she kind of strikes yeah. me as what's the other that judge uh, Judge Judy? She strikes me as like mean like her. A, a little bit, yeah. There's, there's definitely that same streak was there. So, um, you know, Melania got an award from Log Cabin Republicans. Um, also, Rick Rennell got a, uh, a um, an award from Log Cabin, the Game Changer Award um, for all his different work that he's doing. They announced that they're going to do a partnership with the RNC called, um, it's something Pride, um, but they're going to be doing something with the gay community, um, you know, with the RNC, which they're really going to focus on making out making you know some effort out to outreach for the gay the LGBT community because they were going through some things that you know um, definitely you know uh, gay the LGBT community did make a difference in a lot of in a lot of those um, you know we we the Republicans won a bunch of house races and it was you know about 10 percent of the vote um, in different areas was due to the LGBT vote so there's definitely definitely and a worth it's worthwhile to electorally but also morally to reach out to the lgbt community so you're going to see a really really huge push um uh, between um the you know the rnc and the lgbt conservative um movement so it's really very interesting to see that happen um and then the other thing the big thing happened is that president trump um told rick Rennell on the stage that we will work together again so he all you know, he's been hinting and hinting that he's going to be running again. So that was another ev- piece of evidence that he is. And that is one of the things that we've recently heard is that uh, over, I think within the past week, he's come out and said is that he is considering it. Where before, mm-hmm. where before uh, he wouldn't even say if he was going to consider it or not. So yep. it is looking more and more like he's going to go ahead and go for it. And I was, tell- yep. I was telling our audience uh, this past week, I can my my brain is so full of how much ammunition he has against Biden already. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> just here and yeah, now. it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really. I think everything that he said about Biden's come true. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's starting to happen is all of the, you know, the things with the Russia collusion. That's all kind of coming out too. It's probably being exposed. So that's gonna be another issue for them to deal with. Yeah, and what was uh, what, th- how how many days in Mar-a-Lago uh, were you there just for the one day, or is it a multiple day event for you? So yeah, it was um, the first day. The first day um, in Palm Beach, I had a meeting with some friends. We got together that all of the we uh, we uh, my friend Rebecca, who's a vice chair of Log Cabin, she got a table together um, for us. So then we all met for dinner and hung out the first night. And then Saturday was the big gala at Mar-a-Lago and had that all happen. That was um, a big day. And then Sunday was the log cabin trustee um, breakfast, which was kind of, um, you know, a- another event. Got to meet um, Congresswoman Kat Kamarak from um, Florida, as well as uh, Congresswoman Claudia Tinney. Um, they were both pretty much on fire, uh, which was interesting. Um, 
they um, really, really pushed back on um, the 13 Congress and, and women who voted for the infrastructure bill. So they really kind of went after them. They were, they were on fire with all that. So yeah, it was a, a, a good three days intense for sure. What do you think, uh, is, is there going to be a lot of uh, blowback for those 13 that uh, voted for this infrastructure bill, in your opinion, next year coming up? In I do. I, I do. I think a number of them are already being, are already got primary challengers or already have, um, you know, um, people looking to primary challenge them. Um, I don't know if you, if you know Scott Pressler, who's very um, big, he does a lot of vote outreach. Um, he's targeted all the Congress, um, the Congress folks who voted for impeachment. And there's a lot of the same people in this 13. So he's got to probably double down on those efforts to um, primary challenge. He's been very, very effective with what he's been doing. So he's, you know, I've always said he's the hardest working person in grassroots politics for sure. Now, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of crap that's spewing the American citizens way right now. You know, mm -hmm. a, a lot that we're going to have to deal with prior to the midterms. I mean, you can talk about what, well, let's let's share your opinion with our audience about what you think about the infrastructure bill. Mm -hmm. Do you? Do you uh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I I mean, I think it's what it is. It's it's a sham. It's only a hundred and ten billion of that one point one trillion is infrastructure, actual tangible infrastructure, roads, bridges, all those type of things. The other trillion dollars of it is all basically the down payment on the Green New Deal. And then, you know, the, the next bill um, puts another layer on that with other social spending. So, yeah, I mean, it's really what it is. It's a Green New Deal, you know, framework. And it's just, you know, this is all leading us down to a, 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 a bad path because there's no way that we're going to be producing enough energy, non-carbon based energy for, with, by electric, with, without using, with, without using fossil fuels. It's not possible. There's not enough, there's not, and this is what I don't understand why people keep going down this path. There's not enough land on the planet to put enough solar panels and windmills. Even if those were all working perfectly, we would need basically, you just, for California, you'd basically have to go take over another land mass the size of California to put all that to power the state. So it's really, it's not really, really, you know, possible and certainly and you know i don't think it's going to be possible in 2035 which is really not that far away which is really 14 13 years away so this is heading down to another road of disaster so you know um i think people are going to really push back on this because energy costs are just going to keep going up and up and up up well and uh, yeah i was talking to a, a couple friends of mine uh the other day and you know the big push about going green getting uh you know a car that runs on on either battery or you know electric an electric car you know so we can all save the planet and all that which you know i mm -hmm. I, I get i understand they're concerned there but you know what happens when you start having everybody switch over to electric and you know hybrid style of vehicles mm -hmm. um oh, yeah government loses out on a lot of money you know, the, mm -hmm. you know, that wonderful gas tax that they get here, especially here in California. Yeah. And so what better way now the government's like, you know, and I don't think it's just a California thing. I think the federal government is looking and seriously considering a mileage tax for all of they the are. Americans. They are. And they're, they're, you know, they're 
Uh, and I don't really understand how this got approved in San Diego County, but it's um, they're going to be doing it. They're going to be tracking people with um, GPS and Google Maps or something crazy. Um, but that's what they're doing. Yeah, no, that's the whole thing. You know, the other thing that's really interesting. So I um, I just registered my car and they didn't send me my stickers. They haven't, like, they haven't, right. they haven't sent you your stickers yet? No. So I had to go. I, I did get my stickers, but I had to go to the DMV. And I went there and they said, oh, well, you have um, 90. So I had a $95 ticket for a toll up in Long Beach that I legitimately I forgot to pay. Right. And what I'm thinking to myself is, you know, this is I never got anything in the mail. I never got anything for 12, whatever it was, 12, $15 tolls each way end up costing me 95. But that in myself, I'm thinking is a scam because now they don't have, if you're one of those people who don't have a transponder where they just take your information, they send you a bill or you have to log on to go pay it. Because what happened was I went to a hotel. I couldn't get on the Wi-Fi. I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll I had to get, I get to a dinner <laughs> and I'll do it when I get home. And then I forgot about it, but I think that's, it's a trap. So now you add this, so now they have this whole system with, because in Massachusetts, if you don't have a transponder, you go through the tolls, they send you a bill. And if you don't pay the bill, then they rack up the whole thing. So it's a, I think it's a whole scam. So now they've got this whole scam going with tolls. Well, why not doing the same thing? Since they can track people on one road, why can't they track people on multiple roads and do a mileage tax? So I think that's the, the next thing. Well, what I was thinking, I was thinking this is like a perfect opportunity for entrepreneurs because how I feel about it, they're going to, how I think they're going to track it. I don't think they're going to use the GPS. They might, but I think mm -hmm. they might have it to where, you know how every so many years, if your car is old enough, you have to go in for a smog check and it mm -hmm. has to be uh, like here in California, they, the people doing the smog have to be registered with the state to do it. So they're just going to make you go in and drive in to record your mileage and they'll send it through. Yeah, that's yep. Yes. Uh, I see some opportunities there, but uh, there is, we'll there talk, is we'll talk off the air. A lot of, those. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's uh, and that's what's crazy to me is like you know they try to get everybody to switch you know gas powered cars bad oh go save mm -hmm. money over here and then then at the end of the day they're gonna screw you either way because now you're just absolutely tax and like you said and I've been saying this all along once everybody makes that transition to electric uh, wait till you see the electric prices skyrocketing for because of the demand. I mean, it, let alone mm -hmm. if they can keep the power on in California. I mean, hell, in the summertime, mm -hmm. they turn it off half the time. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Well, I, I don't know if I shared with you or if uh, producer Eric had shared, but uh, I'm I'm getting the hell out of California. Yes. Where are you going? I'm, I'm moving uh, away from Governor Newsom. I'm going to the state of Nevada. I'm going to be going to Las okay. Vegas. And uh, we're okay. going to start up uh, a new business out there. We'll continue to keep our business here. I, why, mm -hmm. I don't know, but we are. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, I, I'm just tired of the politics. The uh, The housing market's just outrageous out here. and Yeah, it's just too crazy. And, you know, you know what's going to continue going up because, you know, pretty soon, uh, you know, with all the immigrants coming in and collecting $450,000 before mm -hmm. passing go, Oh, yeah, exactly. They'll be able to buy all the houses they want. Right, exactly. I mean, how is it? And, you know, over the weekend, they questioned Joe Biden. Joe Biden lied about it for a while until mm -hmm. he got caught about it. And now the truth of the matter is, is that the Brandon administration is mm -hmm. talking with the 
Department of Justice to negotiate a price? Yeah. I mean, so they how, is, how is that? Le- I mean, how is that even constitutional, giving American taxpaying dollars to criminal immigrants that are not here yeah, legally? But, well, exactly. I mean, it's like in, in any in any sort of like it's very rare, but, you know, in any sort of like tort law or anything like that, if you're if if, if, if you if you have a torturous claim, you're breaking in the middle while you're breaking the law. I mean, usually that gets thrown out, but you're not going to get compensated because you get injured during doing something illegal. So that's the thing that really I don't understand. Um, it's an outrage. Uh, I think it's just, you know, it's, it's one more outrage. That I think people are. So I think people are really starting to pay attention more than ever. Um, and I think, you know, this is, there's going to be a, a real backlash. I and mean, that's why his poll numbers are, you know, it's his poll approval is 38 uh, with USA Today. And these are not conservative um, groups at all. And Kamala Harris is about 29. And then only 29% of voters or people want him to run again in 2024. So, and that's, I would say that that number is probably closer to his actual approval number. So he has no political capital. He has, um, you know, and the other thing too is he was never a good candidate for president. He was never a, you know, he, he was always looked at as kind of like an amical dunce type guy, you know, never really taken that serious, you know, his prior, you know, runs for president didn't end well. He just ended up in a very perfect it was a perfect storm for us that he got elected. So he does, he's never going to get better. His, he's not ever going to get better as a candidate or as a president. And I think things are not going to improve for him at all. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I'm in total agreement with you. Now, I'm not the great so-called historian when it comes to politics. In, mm-hmm. To your knowledge, has there ever been a sitting president – Whose party ran another candidate in lieu of the current president? Yes, there has. So there has um, Rutherford B. Hayes. Um, that was uh, that election. I'm trying to remember the year, but it was very, very contentious. It was, um, you know, highly, you know, involved with Reconstruction. They so they agreed to end Reconstruction, but he agreed to only serve one term as the Republican president. And he stepped down that paved the way for um, James Garfield, who then died six months into his term. And then I believe it was Chester Arthur who then became uh, president after that. So there was, um, I think there's been another time I just can't remember, but that's the main one I know. Okay. And if you even look at LBJ, who even though he did a second term, it was really his first term as an elected president he could have ran again in 68, but um, he didn't. And then it was, went to, it was going to go to Bobby Kennedy and ultimately to, um, what's his name? I'm trying to remember his name from Minnesota there. Um, so you, can't remember so, so you wouldn't be surprised if the Democrats ran, ran somebody else up against uh, Joe Biden then? It yeah, it was going to be a very interesting thing because I think the plan was to get him out even prior to, and I was, I was thinking this earlier after Afghanistan that, they might have, they might decide, okay, let's have a, let's get rid of him after the, even before the first year's up. And then you have a, to go into the midterms that you'd have a president, you know, a, a new president, Kamala Harris, the first woman of color president, and that would be done to excite the base. But the problem is now her approval rating is so low 
that I don't think that's going to work for them. So there's going to be a big, big fight. I know there's some tension between Governor Newsom and Kamala Harris. You know, you may see him jump in if he's, you know, I don't know what's going on with him now, but possibly you could see him jump in. Um, wow. And I, I think you could see, I, I definitely, I could see an open primary happen in 2024. I can really see that. That would be really crazy. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I don't think, I, I don't think I really want to see governor Newsom run for president. <laughs> no, I don't want to see him either. God. That would be, that would be, that would defeat the whole move the purpose of moving to Las Vegas. <laughs> I know, and then I even and then I even hear um, I even hear some rumblings that Pete Buttigieg will run in 2024, wow. despite being a cabinet member. So I think there's a I think there's a, a a war in the Democrat Party that's been brewing for a long time, and it's now starting to spill out. And you see it in the fact that they're unable to look at the lesson that just happened in Virginia. You, you now see them; they are okay instead of like taking a step back. And doing what Bill Clinton did and saying, you know what, this far left is not working out. We're going to really, really lose. The opposite's happening. And this is kind of even what happened with Obama. Obama never really kind of moderated. But they're really doubling down, doubling down. And you have AOC say, well, um, Terry McAuliffe lost because he wasn't woke enough. He wasn't progressive enough. So, I mean, keep doing it. You know, now they're, they're doubling down on the vaccine mandates. They're, they're you know, um, the Supreme, the, the, um, Fifth Court of Appeals, you know, said the vaccine mandate is probably unconstitutional. They gave injunctive relief, um, and the the Biden administration says just ignore it. The businesses we're going to move forward with this vaccine mandate. So it's really something that is, um, you know, pretty amazing that they're going to double down, but they're going to double down right off a cliff. That's what I see. Yeah, I think so. And uh, the, one of our viewers, uh, listeners in the chat said he's all about AOC for president. He did put a laugh out loud after it, but uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. Could you and have- I think what you're going to see with her is she's going to, I think she's going to end up primary challenging uh, Schumer. And I, I think the progressives, and especially if this reconciliation bill doesn't go through, which I don't think it's going to go through, they're going to be so angry and they're going to, and they're really going to truly believe that it was because they weren't, the Democrats were progressive enough. So I think they're going to take the gloves off and go after the establishment Democrats. And I think you're going to see, um, I think you're going to see a war. So yeah, I think you're going to see a whole bunch of things happening. You know, this whole administration was built on a lie and, you know, a big lie like that can only sustain itself for so long. And before it unravels and oozes all over the place, and that's what it's doing, it's oozing all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're we're looking uh, at a potential civil war within the Democrat Party itself, and mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. just going to be a a big. I mean, it's already a mess, but definitely, I can only imagine. I mean, I think a lot of there'd actually be people. You know how in. In the past, people, you know, like especially the stars, like uh, in Hollywood, be like, "Oh, if so and so becomes president, I'm moving the moving out of the country." I actually, think yes. That if AOC be, did become the president of this country, that people would actually leave. <laughs> oh yeah, you'd have to. You'd have to. She she would she would wreck it. But the good news is, I think as more and more of them become in leadership, it's going to make it very very difficult um, from them to be you know, electable. You know, Obama said that Pete Buttigieg was too gay and too short to be president. Um, you know, um, Bern, they, they were very concerned about Bernie's electable being how elective, unelectable he is. 
So now you're doubling down in that wing of the party and just keep going. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 the, the entire party is just a joke, and especially when you have these uh, these Green New Deal folks and uh, oh yeah, what do they call them? The, themselves the squad, the squad. Yeah, I mean the the only place that I really and, and this is more of a joke than anything that AOC would be very successful in, and and I I'm telling you she'd strike it rich if she created her own, an OnlyFans page. She'd do really well, I'm sure. <laughs> but exactly uh you know that's how, how the uh, cookie crumbles so where do where do you think we go from here uh obviously I, i'm gonna just go out on a limb uh you know with virginia going the way that it did uh mm -hmm. in the past week uh, they take back both the house and maybe the senate yeah i think so i think you've got a potential of 60 seats that they take back in the house the house is really really simple because I think the it's only you only need four or five right now. Um, I think that's and I and I, and I even think the Democrats know that that's it's probably a lost cause because people don't like that. I mean, because if you think about an amazing thing, is you know the, the Republicans gained back you know seventeen or eighteen seats, even though Trump lost. And that, if you looked at the the polling, is that you know moderates and so forth, independents really hate this Congress. And that hasn't changed. It's only gotten worse. It's even gotten worse with Biden because in Virginia, you saw, you know, um, Youngkin won independence by 19 points. And you go back last year, that number was flipped over that Biden won, I think, um, independence with like 15 or 16, um, you know, with the percent. So it's flipped around. So that's not going to bode well for them. So I think what they're trying to do is to hold on to the Senate. But you've got really vulnerable seats in Arizona, um, Georgia, I'm trying to think, uh, Nevada is very competitive and there's one in New Hampshire that's really, really competitive. So those are four seats. So they could really, they could really win three or four seats. Um, and I think that's what the Democrats don't want to have. And that's a nightmare scenario for them. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And it's surprising to me how Nevada has become so and probably because so many Californians are moving there. That's probably it has a lot to do with it. Yeah. But and a lot of it's to the you know the the big you know it's Vegas has become very, very corporate with the casinos and you've got a lot of you've got this woke mentality of corporate America in there. But I think what's happened now is that they they see what happened. They had their they had their businesses locked down for a year and a half and they're still dealing with mask mandates in Las Vegas. Oh I'll tell you though I was in Las Vegas um, about three weeks ago, the, the last week in um, October, and I didn't wear a mask. I walked around. I was in the, I stayed at the Red Rock Resort, and I didn't wear a mask, and nobody said anything to me. So. Oh wow! Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I was. So where was it? Was it the Bellagio? I stayed at one of the casinos on the Strip, and this, if you're staying there and going, uh, you know, through into the casino and up to the elevators of the hotel room, the the, the security officers are pretty sticklers on it but yeah uh, we'll see i'm i that's what i couldn't believe i was talking to a couple there while we were visiting out there and you know we got into the conversation of this whole mask mandate mm -hmm. inside the casinos i'm like yeah here i am i'm moving from california mm -hmm. which doesn't have any mask mandates to supposedly mm -hmm. a more conservative state <laughs> where I'm i know to wear a fucking mask i know kiss the I'm governor like, there but i should we rethink this? But I, you know what, uh, from a, a broad thing, I mean, we all know that Las Vegas, it's kind of like Hawaii. If there's mm -hmm. no tourism, there's no life in the city. 
There's no like. So I kind of understand, hey, we need to do this. We need to make sure that we're not spreading diseases, this and that. So I kind yeah. of get that. Um, but one of the things I was watching, I was watching a video the other day, uh, and it has the same thing to do with, you know, the housing crisis here in Southern California and all, actually probably all of California, how the average person with the wages that they make in the state of Nevada, they can barely afford to, to pay rent, let alone yeah. buy a house. And so I'm thinking in my mind, does this is this like the stepping stone to where we're going to start seeing the same type of politics leaning more towards the left? Like, oh, well, we need to increase wages. We need to do this. We need to give this away, that away. Is that the stepping stones to that? It could be. It could be. Um, you know, I think one saving grace is that there is definitely a culture of, you know, there's no income tax and everything. So it takes a real long time to get up to where California is. But, you know, there it is, these things always happen incrementally, you know. I mean, when I've been in San Diego, you know, 16, 16 years. And when I first moved to San Diego, I mean, com comparative to big cities like Boston, to San Francisco, to Los Angeles, rent was pretty cheap right. back then. Mm -hmm. You know, you could actually get in, in really high end areas, you could, you, could get a, you could get a nice one bedroom for $1,000 uh, a month. I mean, that was pretty amazing. And now, now it's $2,500. So, um, it's changed a lot. So, it, but you know, it's one of those things that just starts and starts and starts and it's like, boom. But I think one of the things that will happen is, you know, the wages that that's a hard thing because, you know, I, I know because what my company's based in Las Vegas and we pay people a lot less that are living in California. Um, so hopefully there's going to be, I hopefully business will naturally bring that up. Right. Um, I think housing in Vegas will stay stable. It won't go too, too crazy because they're just building and building and building and building there. So they have like an infinite supply of housing. So well, the one, where's the one, here? Well, the one thing that they're having problems with, and I know the governor of Nevada is working on, is in order for them to continue expanding as far as the housing market and whatnot, is they need the federal government to continue to release land to them. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing they are up against. But it sounds True. like they're starting to get more pieces at a time. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting out there. I mean, you know, here in San Diego, uh, I have a friend that's looking for an apartment. And it's been years since I had to rent. And so mm -hmm. I, I jumped on, I don't know, what is it, Zillow? Where they have places for rent, yeah. rent.com. And I couldn't believe my eyes. I'm like a two-bedroom, um, like 800-square-foot apartment, like $2,300. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, what? It means it's it's it's, th it's crazy yeah if you think of this a person that makes a family of four on eighty thousand dollars a year in san Diego county is in poverty that's crazy <coughs> to the rest crazy. of the country that's just outright that's like nuts mm -hmm. but it's a fact of life here in southern california it is a fact of life yeah it goes up to vote in um san fran and um up into silicon valley it's one hundred twenty thousand. if you're a family of four you're in poverty i mean that's crazy that is crazy wow well, I do have a lot more questions for you, and we'll continue to keep the conversation going. We're going to take a short break. Just uh, okay. for those of you that have joined us, we're speaking with Ray Bell, young man from the Free Think Institute. We'll be right back right after this. You've been listening to the Slightly Serious Podcast. If you haven't laughed, been offended, or engaged, then turn up the damn volume. Be sure to follow and catch us weeknights at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Wow. Is that uh, – is that – 
love the picture. But <laughs> anyways, producer Eric, how's it going? I'm doing very good. I don't, I'm, I don't know if um, what well, you know if if you lost, lost him there for a minute, but um, yeah, I'm back. Sorry. With us. Oh, he's back. Yeah, I, had, I, had I think um, James may take call, calls from podcast friends here on Podbean or anybody watching on the video stream. Okay. They can dial 702-708-2855 if they have any questions regarding yeah, like, has any the, questions. the event they were your ad or or any other topics we've been discussing this evening. Now, one of the things okay. I, I wanted to talk to you about, uh, going back yeah. to your trip to Mar-a-Lago, what, what is the feeling, what is the sense of uh, the Republican Party embracing Donald Trump if he were to run again? I think the grassroots is very, very excited. I think um, I, I think there's definitely, and it was all through everywhere I was, there was, um, you know, at the log cabin brunch in there. I mean, people, it was 700 people there and they all, everybody went wild. I mean, so everybody in that room obviously was going to be a big Trump supporter. You wouldn't really, you wouldn't really come there if you weren't. Um, so then at the trustee, but I, you know, things I hear from the grassroots, I think there's definitely, um, you know, definitely a lot of enthusiasm. I think there are some in the establishment that are kind of waiting, waiting to see what happens. I think they, you know, there's kind of a split thing with Yunkin's win that, okay, is Yunkin successfully, you know, got the suburbanites who don't like Trump and was able to maintain the Trump base. It actually, he increased um, the rural voters in uh, Virginia, which was pretty big. So now he's got a kind of a formula. So I think there's some people saying, okay, well, that makes Trump irrelevant that, you know, you can do this without him. There's other people say, well, no, there's kind of a partnership. So I think it's kind of split, but you'll see what will happen is it's 2020, uh, 2022, how the um, midterms go. And it all depends on, you know, how well do the candidates go, how, how well the candidates that Trump endorsed um, do. And that's going to be, if, if, if a lot of the candidates he endorses don't go far, don't make it, then I think you're going to see more people go out and, um, you know, I think you'll see more people, we have more of an open primary and you'll see a little bit more discontent with Trump. But if a lot of them do win, I think he's got it locked in and he'll definitely win. It's very interesting, but Mike Pompeo is very interesting because I don't know if you've noticed him, he's lost a lot of weight and he's got himself in shape. So he's obviously doing something. Um, so I don't know, I, I'd be hard pressed to see any of the loyalists like Pompeo or DeSantis um, go up against him. So I don't know if Pompeo is getting himself ready for vice president or something or mm. something, but I, I, I do kind of got a sense there is a plan for, you know, Trump for uh, four years because he can only do four years again. And then uh, his heir apparent, whoever that will be, uh, will be eight years after that. So I think that's kind of the plan um, that's in works. And then that's, and that's just from my observations and from talking to people. Well, a lot of people would are saying they would love to see DeSantis as the VP, mm -hmm. or or yep. even maybe even running for president. But I don't. I think if Trump were to run, I don't think DeSantis gets in the way. I think he stays. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think so either. So I think it's still definitely his party. Um, you know, there was like I said, that room was full of energy. Um, but you know, there are the it puts Mitch McConnell in a kind of a in a weird position because they've had a falling out. Um, and there's some, you know, you have the Romneys, you have Ben Sass, um, 
you know, Susan Collins, people who have been lukewarm or, or against the president, but I think they've learned, you know, um, you know, kind of a lesson that, you know, you kind of got to straddle that horse because you can get, you know, the, the grassroots is very, very supportive. And they also feel very cheated for what happened in 2000, you know, 2020, you know, they feel that this was, this election was rigged and they, you know, they want some, you know, they, they, not vengeance is too maybe stronger a word, but they, you know, they need some justice, I guess is a better word. Um, and that would be having Trump be reelected in 2024. Do you think uh, the, for those that, I guess I won't say that they voted for Joe Biden. I, I'm more, mm-hmm. more in the line of they voted against Donald Trump in this previous election, mm-hmm. not necessarily because they wanted Joe. Do you think there's a lot of those voters out there that have regrets for doing what they did? What do you think? Uh, I think absolutely. I think so. I think there is a lot of people, you know, I, I think what's really happened and this is a, even it comes to a bigger thing with, um, you know, the suburbs, I think becoming, becoming woke, becoming, you know, woke on race and woke on climate change and all these things um, is, is become a um, almost like a status symbol in, you know, kind of upper middle class, you know, suburban circles. And I think what also happened from that was hatred of Donald Trump, that hating Donald Trump was certainly the cool thing to do in the gay community, but it was also the thing to be if you, if you wanted to be the right side of issues is hating Donald Trump. And I think that's what led a lot of people to, you know, because if you ask people why they, you know, they hate Donald Trump, they really can't tell you, well, it's the tweets, it's all that, but they love him on the policies. I, I think a, a real collective group think on that. And plus, you know, this, um, the whole thing with COVID, but I think, you know, that the, you know, the mask has come off all that and now they see, you know, what's, what's going on. So I think there's going to be a lot of regrets and you see that with the independent numbers, you know, flipping, you know, they went 15, 16 for Biden in um, Virginia. And then they go a year later, 19 points for Youngkin. So I think you're seeing, you're seeing that. I mean, I think the positive disasters, the other thing too, it happened to, I think with a lot of this wokeness is that parents for 18 months saw what their kids were being taught in school um, and they don't like it. So I think you have a, that's starting to turn it. And I think now you've got the, when you've got the fury and you don't have, the CNN, I mean, the CNN panels and the MSNBC panels are still trying to do the, still doing the hate Trump, hate Trump, but they've, they've lost so much, you know, um, you know, people are tired viewership. of hearing it. Yeah. yeah they're, they're tired of it. And now it's, so Trump's not a factor and now they're seeing the disastrous consequences of these policies. And I think people are having a huge, huge regret for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. And speaking of, uh, you know, parents all across this country speaking out about what's being taught at the children's schools, Mm -hmm. what do you say to the fact of, you know, it's been reported that the, is it the Department of Justice or someone, one of those three-letter acronyms is starting Mm -hmm. to. DOJ. Yeah, the DOJ is starting to go after possibly parents that show up to these school board meetings and speaking out uh, about such subjects as CRT amongst others and trying to instigate that in their opinion, that it might be considered uh, Eric, help me out with it, uh, that they are being domestic terrorists. That's what it is. That sounds about right. 
I mean, at, at what point? Uh, I mean, yeah, you locked us in our homes for a year. Mm-hmm. Now you're telling us we don't have the freedom or the right to voice our opinions on how our children are being taught or, or what topics are being taught to our children, and now we're going to be considered terrorists. Yeah, it's um, it's a, it's you know unprecedented, and it's what it comes down to is dissent. You know, any dissent against this administration or you know the Democrats is now considered hate speech. It's considered violence. And that's what happened. And that also was a big, big backlash in, um, you know, Virginia. I mean, I think people are starting to wake up to the fact that free speech is really under assault. Yeah, no, and it is. And it's like you, you start doing that and you start trying to tell parents, hey, watch what you say or else or else. Yeah, that's not it that's, is. that's not a country of freedom. That's that's communistic. That's dictatorship style. You do as I really say, shut is. the hell up. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think, you know, a bigger thing that's, it's all part of a bigger thing with the Democrats is that they're seeing, you know, their power and everything is being held on by a thread because their policies and ideas don't work. And the only way they can, the only way they can get people to go along with it is coercion. You know, it's the whole thing. It's like, I, you know, I'm, I'm still amazed how many people have just, gave up all their civil liberties over COVID and so forth. And it's because I think one of the big reasons that is that the Democrats and left are so aggressive towards, and, and, and then what they do is they get people to go after people. You know, I mean, I had, I've had a few incidents over not wearing a mask and people, you know, yelling at me and stuff like that, but people don't want to deal with that type of, of aggression. And what they do is they program all these people to go, you know, th- that's what these social justice warriors are. They're, they're, they, they make angry, angry college students, you know, thinking they're living in the worst country in the world, that, you know, anyone that disagrees with the Democrat Party is a Nazi, so they send them after them. And that's what, you know, you, you, you get these people, these kids mess up with Antifa. And this is what is also, it's in the reconciliation bill, it's creating this, I think it's in the reconciliation bill, I hope it's not in the infrastructure bill that passed, but they're going to create this climate core and what this is, is that you're basically going to create, uh, indoctrinate all these young people, like Gre- make them all a whole army of Greta Thunbergs, you know, that are going around screaming at people about climate change. And if you just watched, if you just watched Obama basically saying that, that, you know, if you don't vote for Democrats and support climate change policies, that you're going to die and the plant's going to be destroyed. I mean, all this stuff, someone who, who has, you know, who lives on Martha's Vineyard on the ocean, you know, um, you know, there's always that disconnect with him, but you know, that's, but that's what this thing is, this whole, whole angry, angry thing. So you get, you get people, um, all charged up and super progressive and on, on a, on a local level, you know, with your neighbors and all of that. Now you're going to deal with the whole core of kids upset about climate change. You've already seen it because you have all these millennials. There's, I forget, there's always these stories of millennials It's mostly ended old stories, but that they're not, they're not going to have kids because of climate change. They're not going to do this and get all people angry. And it's all part of a thing. It's just all in this indoctrination. I think people aren't going to have kids because they're scared to bring them into such a society that we currently live in. <laughs> That's I know, I know. Reason. It's it's just gone off the it's gone off the uh, the deep end for sure. It's, I mean, even if we went all green and you know. Don't these people understand that it still requires energy? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes no sense to me. 
I think, they think from a- my my opinion is it's it's all a money grab. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, oh, it's not going to change is. the world. No, it's not. It's going to cause energy shortage, and it's going to get the you know. And this is the thing: it's like every every policy with the Democrats is it means more burdens for you and I. It means higher cost of living, more taxes, less power. And then for the Democrats and the political class, it's more power, more money, and so forth. It's really the core of the battle we've been having for the last, I'd say, five, six years is what that's about. And what and really the truth is why there was such hatred of Donald Trump is because he went and put his fist down and said enough and he called it out. And he's, he's, he is probably the only billionaire that is, you know, not woke. I mean, I think you have Elon Musk is kind of, you know, toggles around and there's maybe a, a couple other billionaires that maybe, but for the most part, you know, you the Bloomberg's, Gates, you know, um, Bezos, whoever, they're, they're all gone on this whole woke thing. And it's all, that's what it is. It's, it, it's, it's the little person versus the big person. And it's completely flipped over. The Democrat party is now the party of corporate America and the wealthy billionaire class. And that's why there's a part of me when I hear all these outrageous tax plans to really like to go after like people who are, made, who are worth a hundred million dollars or more. I'm just like, I'm almost like saying go for it because they deserve it because they're the ones that are causing all this. Yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> and, and, and now, you know, what's been coming out is now they want to, you know, cause we don't have enough money to pay the 450 K to all of the illegal immigrants. Now mm-hmm. they want to start taxing us on unrealized income. How's mm-hmm. that? How's that going to work? So if I buy a house today, you're going to tax me on that house like uh, that's going to increase a couple hundred grand over the next year or so. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to pay up before it does. And it's it's really really terrible. And that's I mean, who's that going to hurt? That's going to you know it's going to hurt a lot of older people that have equity in their house. It's going to hurt you know a lot of other. It's 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 not a good situation and. Um, you know, and then housing values can get inflated artificially very, very easily. And when you have the Black Rocks in the world that are buying up single-family houses, and then especially in California, they've been one of the reasons why home values have gone up so far. But you know, the Democrats see they what they see is um, they're trying to get after all this equity that, pe- that people have in their house. They're trying to go after um, you know people, you know their um, you know, the what potential they have in you know, their home, I was going to say, but also their 401ks and things like that. They want to go after all this untapped money to pay for all this because they have to figure out how to get money for these big, big, you know, these schemes. Yeah. Um, so I work in, you know, the financial services um, industry and I've been, I was working with a think tank called uh, Capstone Group because, you know, one of the proposals that's floated out is changing the tax rules on, you know, on, on cash value life insurance because you can take out, you can, you know, you can create an income stream, cash value life insurance, um, and a lot of wealthy people, the corporate, it's called private placements and corporate owned insur- insurance and all that, the markets that I work in. And, you know, so I, I, I kind of help them with um, putting together some position pieces and so forth on that, but they're looking to go after that. Every few years, I actually go through this for, a, it's where one of those things, my political life and professional life kind of merge for, I usually keep them pretty separate, but they kind of merge at that point when they, we get, we go through, we went through this in 2015 or 13 or 15 with the Obama administration was floating things out. They're going to go after and change the tax rules for life insurance and all that. And now we're kind of, 
we got that again. But again, they, they need another bucket of money because they're, they're they're running out of buckets of money to go after. Well, and, and I was I, I came up with a fantastic solution the other day. I said, you know, instead of like giving four hundred fifty thousand dollars to immigrants that come uh, into our country, why don't we charge them to come into our country? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, it should be the opposite way around. But you know, who am I? Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, one Definitely. of the listeners says, "I don't see how they can implement taxing unrealized income." It sounds like it would be a paperwork nightmare. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? They will do anything to get their hands on more money, though. Even doesn't matter how many, doesn't matter how many trees it kills to uh, get that paperwork. They're they're all about it, right? And if you're and if you're a person, if you're a wealthy person, and not even that wealthy a person, but if you're someone that owns real estate, um, has rental property or anything like that, your tax returns already a nightmare. It's already a burden. I mean, I've I've had I've owned um, rental property in my past, and it's it's not a fun process to you know. To do your tax return when you have that so they have no problem just adding more paperwork on there you know yeah no that, like i said if, if it uh has anything to do with them uh acquiring more capital they'll do anything for it mm -hmm. that's the bottom line anyways uh if anybody has any questions feel free more than you're more than welcome to give a call in um what was the one takeaway that you have uh from mar-a-lago Mar-a-Lago, um, the biggest takeaway is I think there's a, there's definitely a, a base for Trump. There's a base for the Republican Party. I think there's a lot of motivation to, you know, win in 2022 and 2024. I think people, you know, pe I think people are excited. You know, what was amazing about that event, I was being told there was only gonna be, at one point I was told it was about 250 people coming and 400 people were coming and there was about 700 Wow. people that were, th were there the whole the whole main ballroom of mar-a-lago was completely packed that's impressive very impressive now out of so, that uh, those attending yeah. what if you had to uh you know just throw out a, a percent how many how what percent uh pay the twenty five thousand to have a photo <laughs> i probably that crowd was probably um it was there was i don't know probably i would say about 20 it was probably about 10 or 20 people um, there was a, I, I did hear that for seven, I think it was for 75,000 a person, you got to actually stay in Mar-a-Lago. Wow. Um, so I know, I think that was Suzanne Summers and her husband were the ones that did that. Um, so that was interesting. Hopefully, um, hopefully they got a round of golf for that 75,000. <laughs> yeah. So I think they got the picture included, included in there. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. But our, yeah, like our table, um, our, our table, we had a VIP table, but the person that, um, there was one person who paid for the whole table. I think she paid about, she's paid 25,000 for our table. And then she obviously got the pictures, you know, not us. I mean, that's obviously, right. <laughs> um, yeah, she gets the picture, but, uh, you, you, yeah. you got to sit, sit at the uh, dinner table. That's, that's good. Enough. Yeah. So I got, I got to step close and got a lot of interaction and, you know, got to, you know, got to be there. There was a pretty, you know, an amazing thing. I mean, how many people get to go to, you know, Mar-a-Lago. So right, that's that's. Uh, I would love to go there. That's. I'm. I'm jealous. I have to say. But um, yeah, it was I'm, a great, great weekend. And uh, any one person in particular that you enjoyed conversation with that you could mention, or Suzanne Summers. She Suzanne? was very, very nice. Um, you know, um, just talked about it, and she, and I just said, um, 
I was just amazed. I got to see her and I gave her a hug and we took a nice picture and then we talked a little bit and I told much I loved Bree's company. And I was going to ask I you, said, did you ask her about that and working with John Ritter and the whole cast and how, how all that was? She, well, I, not so too much, but I did ask her, um, you know, what is, you know, you know, you know, being more conservative and everything in Hollywood. And I said, how does that affect him being a friend of Trump and all that? And she, and she says, well, I got to be Chrissy Snow. <laughs> she's very she's very very she's very very proud of that role and um so well that's um, that's she's very nice that's the one i mean if if you know for those of you that are old enough to uh, ever watch three's company i mean that that's probably another show that probably would be socially unacceptable nowadays oh yeah (laughs) you just couldn't you just couldn't do it i loved her step by step yeah step by step yeah step by step so she was, she was good. And then I had a nice conversation with Roger Stone, and he's always interesting to talk to, you know. Yeah. Like that. That's um, awesome. Those were my two main ones. Um, but yeah, then I got to, you know, just got to catch up with a lot of you know, people I hadn't seen in a long time. So it was, you know, overall, overall good. It's just, there was just a lot of people and a lot of stuff going on. Because every time you look, it was like, oh my God. And you look, oh my God, you know, and then you just realize where you are. It's just yeah. like, you, you just, it's a lot. That's awesome. No, I'm that's I'm glad you got to experience that. So now mm-hmm. you're back in San Diego. Any any yep. any political aspirations on the horizon or are you kind of keeping your distance from things or Oh, yeah, I, I I'm never going to be someone that's going to run for office. That's kind of never my thing. Um but I'll be, you know, I'll be involved in doing, you know, maybe some fundraising and some things like that, you know, um and helping some candidates here and there. So just I'll be involved, you know. There we'll you see go. what ha- we'll see how 2022 unfolds. Very cool, uh, producer Eric. Do you have any questions for our friend Ray? Well, um, I would think looking after like what happened in Vir- Virginia just last week, um, you know, this could be easily a blueprint for 2022 and 2024. But I, I would really be interested. With next year, could um, we see 1994 repeat itself and? You know, and if we could, um, you know, see a rising star in the in the Republican Party, you know, jockeying for the House Speakership position, you know, and and pushing a new contract with America. Yeah, you know, I, I and I don't know what they're and I don't know what the plan is. Um, I'm a little skeptical of Kevin McCarthy, um, so I don't know how that's all going to play Not out. Not a fan of him either. And I worry that they, and I, this is my, the thing I do worry about is I think they feel like winning the house back is a slam dunk and they're not going to really make an effort. And I don't know, but you're exactly right. I would like to see them do another contract with America because I think they have an opportunity. So I, I, I think, you know, they're very easily going to win the house back, but if you can get up to, I think getting up to 60 seats is going to require having some sort of national you know, strategy and so forth. And I haven't heard it, you know, I haven't heard it yet. Um, you know, I think there, it's really, it would be some really big things and people I've told, um, you know, who are in the know and like that, I think that I tell them the big things is, you know, energy independence, you know, education is, we know this is a big thing. This is a winning issue for Republicans. And it's also something that's going to really motivate um, a lot of minority voters. And you're starting to see that. I heard the statistic that more and more um, black parents are now pulling their kids out of school and homeschooling them. Um, I, didn't, I don't know where the, the stat was, but I heard um, 
what's his name on Fox News. I forget who said it. But if that's true, that's really, really huge. But the thing I, I think I'll, I, I've had this and something what makes me optimistic is you have a lot of great, great minority candidates. in um, Florida, Congresswoman there, she's um, Latina. And you have, they're just, they're great dynamic people. You have um, uh, Herschel Walker, who's gonna be running in um, you know, Georgia and so forth. So I think that, that there's a huge, huge opportunity for a lot of minority, um, non-traditional Republicans to really start to rise up into the leadership of the party as a whole. And I think you're going to, I think you're going to see this over the next, um, 10, 15 years, you're going to see really an evolution that we're just right now, we've just got so many and they're just, they're starting to kind of build and build and build. And the people who are not in office, like Candace Owens, I think, you know, she's going to have some sort of major role in the, par the party. You have Burgess Owens in Utah, who's another great person. Um, so you're starting to, so I think that's the huge, huge thing that you're going to see that. As for what happens in the House, unfortunately, I think the next go around, we're going to be stuck with McCarthy. We're going to be stuck with McConnell. I don't see that, unfortunately, changing um, right now. I have a uh, question from the audience. Uh, Jess is mm -hmm. asking, do you think uh, people will be concerned about voting for another 78-year-old president, number one? And mm -hmm. then number two is, will Trump be physically and mentally capable of doing the job? Well, I think he is not your average 78 year old. I think he is probably someone who's about physically about 20 years younger uh, than he is. Uh, you know, he, his diet's not always great, but he's someone who's never drank and smoked. And I think he's got a, you know, he's got a mental agility and a physical agility that that's really uh, speaks of somebody who's, a, you know, a lot younger. So I, I don't think that will um, be too much of a problem for him. So I think he definitely gets passed out. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Uh, and Mary in chat says that, that she thinks that he'd give way to DeSantis possibly in knowing, I mean, not knowing Trump personally, but just knowing his aura and his, just the way he is. If he thinks there's an inkling of a chance that he's got a shot, I think his pride overtakes him and uh, he's going to run for president and not step aside for anybody. Yeah, I, I think so. I think the now I did I did hear this. Um, Molly Hemingway said this when she interviewed him for her book that he that he would like to see someone else run because I think it's, it's it has taken a toll on him. But I do think there there is a part of his ego that you know he just felt like he deserves a second term. I'll get it. But I'll tell you if it looks like you know if the midterms don't go all his way and then there's there's really a movement for DeSantis. I think he would. I think he would get, I think he would step away for the, the good of the party. I think he, you know, I think he's got enough of a healthy ego that, you know, which I think everybody in that, when you run for president, it's not a negative thing. Anyone who runs for office, you have to have some level of ego to be able to do that. But I think he's got enough that he would dial it back for the, the good of the party. Yeah, I think so. And I think, uh, I think that's what he's waiting for before he announces anything. I, I think he wants to see how the midterms go. And if mm -hmm. the right people are in the right places, he goes for it. If not, he backs mm -hmm. off. Exactly. Because there's no way that he's, if there's any thought in his mind that he has a sh chance of losing 
there's no way he's going to do it. Not for all the bullshit that he has to go through. No, no, no. So, and then I, I, I was reading something in Fox where there's a group of, I think, I forget who it was exactly in Fox, but, you know, he's being cautioned to have a, you know, a, a, a softer tone and all that stuff. But the irony of the whole thing is, you know, social, the social media big tech monopoly has pretty much taken away his voice which is ironically, I think, helping him in a lot of ways because it's keeping him a lot of, uh, there's no more Twitter controversies or anything like that going on right now because he's not on there. So, you know, people's mindset is really, you know, they, they forget about that. Um, they forget about all these other things because now they're really focused on the real world problems. And something I said before, and I'm saying this, Afghanistan changed that dynamic in this country completely because it put national security back on the forefront because after Barack Obama got rid of, you know, took out Osama bin Laden, we almost went back to, I would say not a pre nine 11 mentality, but a, but a different mentality where we were kind of in this lulled into this thing. We were kind of in a safe world and foreign policy didn't matter. And we were just, so then we started doubling down on all this wokeness and all this other stuff. I think it really accelerated but I think that's all gone. And I think so Biden's not going to have the luxury of people kind of like, you know, with their head in their clouds, not worrying about these things. So I think people are deeply, deeply worried about it. And I think people are deeply worried about China. And I think another thing is, is what people are going to start demanding too over the, over the next year or two with these elections is that they you now live nearly two years with all those COVID nonsense restrictions and all that. And it's just, it's upended everyone's life. And I think people are going to start wanting some accountability from China. And I don't know if this administration is going to be able to do it. Now, they are doing some good things, um, believe it or not, with um, Taiwan. They've got people, they've got you know, special ops and so forth on the ground there. Um, they sound like they're committed to protecting Taiwan, but China is rattling it. They're a saber, so I don't know if we end up going, I don't know if there's going to be a conflict. I think there is enough pressure from the administration, and believe it or not, that Biden is doing this. Um, so I think that it is keeping them at bay, but it needs to be bigger than that because we need to have some, there needs to be accountability for China for upending the whole, you know, the whole world. And this whole thing with the gain of function, um, you know, research. And I was um, hearing from Rand Paul, that there's, they're working on virus. So this, you know, the coronavirus had a one, you know, had, had a, you know, a mortality rate between one and five. We still don't know exactly what it is. We, if you, if you're in the belief that a lot of more people had COVID, which I do, I believe, I think a lot more people had COVID didn't know it. I was a person that had COVID early, early on. Um, then you have a mortality rate that's about one to 2%, which is a little bit bigger, higher than the flu, or it could be up to 5%. Um, but they're working on viruses in that lab that have a 15% mortality rate. Wow. If that ever get out the door, that would be, that would be a catastrophic disaster. And so we need to have some accountability for that. And that's something that, that really needs to happen. And I think people are going to start demanding it. Yeah. I think I, I've said this all along that there needs to be some type of accountability for over in China. Uh, I don't know if this current administration is up to the task or if they kind of want to just mm -hmm. shy away and just kind of brush it under the rug. I mean, the Dr. Fauci, he'll lie to you left and right. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. his suggestions change kind of like the seasons of, you know, the year. And, 
and 67 of the American people want Fauci to retire or get fired. So, uh, which I think is finally, you know, his, um, his glow is finally faded. <laughs> do, do, what do you, do you think uh, Fauci stays, uh, sticks around for a while? I mean, or do you think? Yeah. He's enough? Yeah, I do. I do. Unfortunately, I think he should have gone a long time. I think he's been a, he's been a really a, a real world dishonest, honest person. He's up to his, you know, his eyeballs in this. And I, I don't know if I've told you this story before, but when he first came on the scene, I was like, oh, wow. All right. We got Dr. Fauci and that's good news. We'll get to the bottom of this. But then I just saw him go around the media and he was just like all over the place and, and just really, really full of himself. But then the big thing I saw, I think it was the beginning of May of 2020, I was watching something on YouTube. It was the um, economic club of DC. They had him on there. So the first part of it, he's all enamored with himself because Brad Pitt played him on Saturday night live, but he goes into this other thing. And I, and I, I pointed this out and pointed this out and nobody wants to pick this up, but about nine minutes into the video, he basically admits that China releases virus on purpose. And he did this because he was doing this dance, this tango dance, tap dance, trying to protect his friends in the, um, you know, in the health services in China. So he's doing this whole thing. And he basically says, he goes, he goes, yeah, you think, he goes, you think that's bad? They go, now you got to think of this as a totalitarian country, right? We were told that this was found in a wet lab. So wouldn't it be the health services, the health ministry would be the ones that would be the ones who told about this because it came in a wet lab or the wet market there. He says, they went ahead. He goes, he goes, they, allowed a 40,000 person block party in Wuhan and they waited so many days to go tell the health ministry. Wow. So I'm saying to myself, well, who's they, right? If you're in a, if you're in a totalitarian country, who's they, the only person that could be they is the government and the military. And he, but he went through this whole dance and it's um, an amazing, it, it, it's an, an amazing thing. So that day I saw that. And I said, I said, this guy is full of BS. I mean, this is, just, and so that's what I really soured on him because he just then became a really, um, you know, dishonest person. I knew he was a dishonest person to me. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, if you took a poll of Americans uh, about Dr. Fauci, it might be uh, just as negative as it is uh, for uh, President Joe Biden right now. I think uh, yeah, it's not good. America's uh, had enough of uh, Dr. Fauci. And, I think uh, so. I think I think I am too. We haven't really heard wow. much. We haven't really heard much of him uh, lately. Kind of like we haven't heard anything from Governor Newsom, which is it's kind of like a, a, yeah. a delight, actually. So I don't watch any news programs that um, Dr. Fauci would go on now. I, I listen to, um, you know, Clay Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. They, they've asked him and asked him and asked him to come on, but he won't come on. So I don't know if we're gonna. I don't know if we're gonna see him again. Sorry about that. I plugged my phone in. Um, <laughs> no worries. Um, but yeah, I don't know if he's, we're going to see him. I, I think he, he just got beaten up by Rand Paul once again. So I think he's, you know, kind of laying low. And I think people are it's seeping in that he's up to his eyeballs and his gain of function. Yeah. Well, at least something's keeping him busy. So that's, that's the, that's the most important part. So the, the less we hear of him, exactly. the, the better it is for Americans across. I the think country. so. Um, I think so. 
what was I going to say? And you really, you haven't heard much on just the whole COVID thing that much uh, recently. Mm-hmm. It, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't had a new uh, strain. I mean, are, are we are we waiting for something to be going over here and then divert everyone's attention to the new strain all of a sudden? So there's a couple of things percolating. I read an article today that there's um, that deaths and hospitalizations in California are increasing. There's a bunch of new cases in Germany and parts of China are under another COVID lockdown. So it's kind of funny that these all these stories came out the day after the um, they all started at the day after the election results in Virginia. So I, I said after I posted after that, I go, I go, will COVID be cured after Virginia or will there be a new variant? I don't know yet, but it looks like we have a new variant coming. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, they're just going to double down on this stuff, you know? Yeah, no. And that's what I expect. I, I expect for things to go bad and then we'll go ahead and introduce uh, a new strain just to divert everyone's attention of what just happened. Mm-hmm, exactly. <sighs> Gotta love politics. <laughs> it's like life. Everything, something always comes up. And just like with politicians, mm-hmm. uh, politicians will always come up with something else when they don't want you to see what's going on over to the left. Pay no Absolutely. attention to the man behind the curtain. Kind of like the Wizard of Oz. It is. It's very similar. It is. Well, uh, Producer Eric, anything, uh, any other further questions that you might have for, for Ray? Well, um, nothing else I can think of, but... Um... But, you know, we definitely, Ray, have appreciated having you on. And then the previous episodes where we've had, like, colleagues of yours, like Jim Dwyer and Archie Kennedy, Dave Largo, Dustin Freeland, and Peter Hartados join us. And um, hopefully me and James and Pert, we look forward to having you and and the rest of the Freethink Institute gang back sometime in the first quarter of the new year once James and his better half are settled in in Vegas. Why does he have to be the better half? Why can't I be the better half? (laughs) <laughs> just because it's an idiom but uh yeah no we appreciate you coming on ray and thank uh, you. as always you're always more than welcome to come on we definitely and appreciate that thank you thank you for having me and if people are interested in checking uh ray and the rest of the freethink institute out they can catch you over on facebook still right yep yep the freethink institute we are there all right and uh all right a great bunch of guys uh working hard over there fighting for Free speech, mm-hmm. freedom, conservativeness, exactly. a bunch of great shit. Absolutely. Right. Well, Ray, you All have right, a guys. rest of good evening, and uh, thank you. You too. All right. All right. Bye now. Bye. All right. So that was really good, uh, Producer Eric. It was, uh, whoa, I see. Right. There we go. Now we're back on track. So that was uh, Ray Bell with the Freethink Institute telling us about his fantastic trip to Mar-a-Lago. I'm fucking jealous. Why don't I ever get to go to Mar-a-Lago? I mean, I don't have the 25K to have a photograph with Trump, but, you know. I wonder if I can get a discount, yeah. though. Without, uh, without Melania, can we make it like 12000 <laughs> Um, And, you know, and, and for people to pay $25,000 to get like a, a photo op with, with, with Trump and company or certain celebrities that were there, I was like, um, is that even legal? I mean... I know some people would say that's a ripoff. Right. Well, but I guess people got to maintain an image. Well, I'm sure it goes to uh, a good cause. It probably will go to towards his uh, 2024 campaign or some charity or something like that. Mary says, uh, let's see. Mary says, uh, I heard he had a reaction. Oh, that was Mr. T. Mr. T thinks that uh, Newsom had a uh, reaction to the jab. We haven't confirmed that. We just know that he's missing an action and that his wife is pissed off. And she says, 
she says, quote, stop hating and uh, get a life. <laughs> that's that's her message to you, Mr. T. That comes from Mrs. Newsom, by the way. Uh, Mary says, I will come up with the caravan that I terror attack. Uh, thank you, Ray. Um, it's a contribution to something. Yes. It'd be nice if it was a contribution to our damn show. That would be nice. Anyways, uh, is anybody up for some damn trivia? Yep. Um, but we'll start our trivia game after these messages. All right. Enjoying yourselves? Then please be sure to follow the show on Podbean and many of the other social media platforms, including Twitter at Slightly Serious, Instagram, and Facebook. Our podcasts are also available to download on many different platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and many more. All right. Uh, welcome back. It's the Tuesday version, which means it's trivia time with producer Eric. Well, um, and we know Pertwee is MIA this week, and of course, this is our final week on the D Log Twitch and Facebook simulcast for for a few weeks. But but not to worry to our friends watching us on those video streams. We should be back sometime in the first quarter of the new year. But James, aka Slightly and Big Sexy, will keep you posted on the progress. But you know, anybody who wants to play some trivia, you can call 702-708-2855 or you can call in through the Podbean app. We, I mean, we, we'd love to see who gets crowned tonight's winner. That's right. Uh, we'll see if uh, Jess can finally pull one off. It's been a while since she's been able to pull one off on everybody, but we'll see. Yes. Um, all right. Our, you know, our first question tonight, um, our category is going to be in this first question, geography. What is the name of Canada's national anthem? Slightly. What do you Isn't it uh, O Canada? That is correct, and Jess got it as well. All right. Way to go, Jess. Oh, and that can be sung in English and in French. Oh, I haven't heard the French version. I don't think I could sing it. Oh, Justin Bieber knows how to sing it. Trust oh, really? me. Uh, hmm. Oh, he, 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 he done like the first verse, like in like um, an interview. Oh. Because he's originally from Canada. That's impressive. Huh. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, our second question category is music. What band reunited for the Hell Freezes Over tour? Hell Freezes Over tour. What the hell? Sounds like a heavy metal band. Um, looks like we have Man Cave saying the Eagles. Um, Man Cave, aka Asha, got it wow, correct. Wow, wait. Rest in peace, Glenn Clark. go, Man Cave. All right, our next one question, category is animals. What is the world's fastest dog? Uh, slightly. What do you have? I was going to say a wolf. A wolf is incorrect. No. Jess says Greyhound. That is correct, and and the, the same name as the tour bus coming, and leave the driving to us. <laughs> I've never ridden in a Greyhound. Anybody ridden in a Greyhound before? Yeah. All right, so Jess is taking the lead. Watch All right, moving on. Our next category is literature. Um. What novel is set on a desert planet inhabited by giant sandworms? Oh my God. Giant sandworms. 
Mary says Dune. Mary got it wow. correct. You're a little late on the typing there, Jess. Come on. <laughs> All right, Mary, or excuse me, Mari. No, Mary. Oh, I always I always have problems with her name. Anyways, you're on the board, Mary. <laughs> what, Mary with an O at the end? That's what, what I would say. Mary, oh, that's right. All right, our next question category is sports. Who was named 2021 World Series MVP? Oh, my God. I know it has to be an Atlanta Brave. Um, I got to think who it would be, though. World Series MVP. I think the pitcher. Oh, God, what was it? Who was named 2021 World Series MVP? Slightly. I'm going to, I think I know it. What is, is it, it Jorge Soler? That is oh, correct. Yeah. You know you love baseball, Jess. And Mad Cage, you get a point as well. So uh, there you go. We're, we, ha we have a three way going with uh, Jess Slightly and Mad Cave, all at two. But you're not too far behind, Mary. All right. Our next question category is general knowledge. What rank is the U.S. Army in, ju in, in just above the rank of first lieutenant? Slightly. What I'm just going to go with lieutenant. Um, lieutenant. Regular lieutenant is Damn. incorrect. Makes it, it made perfect sense to me. <laughs> um. Let's see, first lieutenant. Fuck, I don't know. What rank in the U.S. Army is just above the rank of first lieutenant? Yes, come on. Where, where are you at? Aren't you using uh, the DuckDuckGo app? Um, Man Cave says captain. That is there correct. There you go, Man Cave. That's what's up. And, and to clarify, the main cave in Chad is not Asha, because yes. Asha is main cave sound. So it's it's not Asha, it's, it's just man cave. Right. All right, our, our next question category is geography. What body of water separates Alaska from Russia? Oh, that's why Sarah Palin said she could see Russia. Now it all makes sense. <laughs> Um, Jess Doc says the Bering Strait. That I don't correct. think she spelled it right, but we'll still give it to her. Bering Strait is spelled B E R I N G S T R A I T. You can, that's how you know Jess Doc did not use DocDocGo because she would have spelled it right. <laughs> or she probably used a like a um. I talk to text. <laughs> it's okay, Jess. You can be a horrible speller, but as long as you have the correct answer, you're all good. Well, in our points update. Well, it's uh, slightly is uh, he's not winning anymore. It's uh, Man Cave and Jess Doc have three. I have two, and uh, Mary, she has one. Uh huh. She's gonna get. She's gonna get all right. Our next question category is literature. Joe Cool is an alter ego of which comic strip character? Damn, I thought you were going to say what cigarette company. 
Uh, Man Cave uh, chimed in really fast with Snoopy. That wow, is correct. Jess, you're a little late. You're very close, though. Snoopy of the Peanuts comic strip. Yeah, I love Snoopy. Snoopy's my favorite. Oh, and that Peanuts movie from a few years ago, that was really good. Yeah, it was. All right, our next question category is animals. A crossbreed between a donkey and the zebra is known as what? <laughs> I could think of so many things. A donkey and a zebra. <laughs> oh my God. I'm slightly. I'm gonna say a donkra. A donkra. That is incorrect. Oh, Mr. T says a zonkey. <laughs> Mr. T. Oh, I thought it was gonna be Mary's answer. She said, you call it an ass. <laughs> Mary, I think I'm gonna get that well, an ass is what you call a uh, male donkey. Oh. Or, or a jack. Yeah, I like her answer. I'm going to give her. But but a but a female is called a Jenny. <sighs> so uh, a zonkey. But but uh, but ass is the slang term. My uh, bad. So zonkey is the correct answer. So we'll give Mr. T. Uh, yes. A, a point. Uh, but I'm going to give uh, Mari a point because I love her answer so much. All right. <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> could could that be the dumb answer of the night award? But. Hey. Or, or an E for Hey, I like that answer. It wasn't the dumb answer of the night. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, we get the, we get throw that one out the window, but we'll probably just give her the E for effort, right? There you go. That's how I feel about it. All right, our next question category is Welcome history. Morning. Um, during the first and second centuries AD, which language was used to write the New Testament? Slightly. I'll what go with Greek. You, you got it. Oh correct. my God! Really? I thought I was wrong. I was just guessing. Oh, yeah. Thank God I got something right. Anybody else? All right. Our next question. Um, the next question category is uh, toys. Uh oh. <laughs> um, what toy company is the world's largest producer of? tires by number of units producing more than twice as many tires as Bridgestone. Goodyear and Mattel are incorrect. Slightly. What do you have? Hasbro. Hasbro is incorrect. Can you repeat the question one more time? What toy company is the world's largest producer of tires by number of units producing more than twice as many tires as Bridgestone. Wow. Uh, Mr. T says Goodyear Matchbox, Bridgestone. Matchbox is incorrect. Jess got Jess it. Jess with Lego? Yeah. 700 million. Holy crap. Did you say 700 million? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think of stepping on those and wake up out of bed. <laughs> uh, shoot. Yeah, I think stepping on a Lego would, would be like like stepping on a nail. <laughs> right. Mary says she stepped on over 200 million. Hmm. Oh. Bless your heart. That is All right. Our next question category is geography. 
What New York City Avenue divides the east side from the west side? Slightly. I'm going to say Fifth Avenue. Correct. Yeah, that's right. That was either going to be my answer or it was going to be Park Avenue. I went with Fifth. Well, definitely not Madison Avenue. Um, Our next question of the ninth category is general knowledge. What group's honor society is the order of the arrow? Slightly. What do you have? This probably is going to sound like a weird-ass answer. I'm going to say up. That is incorrect. Just Doc says the Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts is correct. Boy Scouts of Mm. America. You left out of America there, Jess and Mary. Very just... (laughs) Hey, Boy Scouts is still acceptable. <laughs> hey, at least it wasn't the Girl Scouts. <laughs> right. But but we love the Girl Scout cookies. Oh, my God. I, didn't, I haven't seen any Girl Scout cookies in a long time. Are they still available? Or, um, usually around February and March. I was, was going to say. But if you watch the first. I was going to say. If you watch the first Adams. I was going to say Big Sexy must be hiding them ahead. from me somewhere, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, if you watch the, the, the Adams Family movie from 1991, when when the girl, girl, girl Scout came, you know, offering to sell Girl Scout cookies, I loved Wednesday and Pugsley's like question: Are they made from real Girl Scouts? Implying that um, you you have to eat the Girl Scouts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm right there with Mary, though. I I eat Girl Scout cookies by the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite's the Thin Mints. But moving on. No, they're not. <laughs> Big sexy's heard uh, Girl Scout cookies, and he's like, "Huh? Oh, where? 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 When where do I buy them?" <laughs> All right. The ne- next question category is art. In what U.S. state is the Salvador Dali Museum located? Oh my God. Uh, Mary says Florida. Mary got it. it. It's her home state. More specifically, it's her state. Which that's Mike Tampa Bay's hometown. Well, and I guess if uh, Mike Tampa Bay were to show up, God willing, I think Mary would probably welcome him. Like, hi, neighbor. He's probably sleeping. He always sleeps. All right. uh, Points update. Well, uh, Jess Duck is in the lead currently. She sits at six. Uh, I'm right behind her with four. Man Cave and Mary have three. And uh, Mr. T is currently our leader for the participation award no yeah. oh. okay our next question category is food mm-hmm. um in the uk it's called a courgette what do we call it here in the united states slightly what do you have um i don't know a cruise <laughs> that is incorrect mm-hmm. Jess sucks as a zucchini. Jess got it. Damn, she's on fire tonight. Hey, I think having Ash on the Old Man's Podcast with Dean Joe and Eric in the mornings has finally paid off. Unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't know what the hell that is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Our next category, number 16 category for that question is geography. The Hollywood sign sits 
um, atop which mountain range? Slightly. I don't know if it's the right mountain range, but it's in West Hollywood. West Hollywood is incorrect. Oh, my God. Not San Bernardino. Mary says uh, Hollywood Hills. That's probably correct. Is that correct? That's an an unacceptable answer. Oh, Oh. damn. I know it's in Hollywood Hills. It's a mountain range, though. I don't know what the hell the mountain range is. Santa Monica, Man Cave says. Man Cave got it. The Santa Monica. Um, And here's some some trivia about uh, the Hollywood sign. Um, It used to read Hollywood land, but the word land, you know, went away. But there was even like a a comedy bit where they where the sign was changed from Hollywood to Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah. Enough people smoke that out there. Uh, is 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 uh? What did you say the first time around? You said it used to be called Hollywood something. What? Hollywood land. So what is land like offensive? Is that why they took away took it away or what? I don't yeah. know. Um, it was it was originally Hollywood land, but it's just now Hollywood. But but that sign's an icon. Yes, that it is. We should put uh, let's go Brandon. Um, our next- let's go Brandon up there instead. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, our next question category is TV. What sitcom was the number one rated TV show for five five straight seasons during the 1970s? Oh my god, I was not even born then. Um, God. Oh, Man Cave's got a good answer. MASH? MASH is incorrect. Ooh, good answer. And the Brady Bunch is also incorrect. Aww. Rounding says all in the family. Rounding third just got the correct answer. I guess rounding third was uh, alive when watching uh, during the 70s. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I loved Gene Stapleton as Edith Bunker. That's right, Archie. (laughs) Oh, she'll be forever remembered for that. But anybody who ever asked her to do that, she did not enjoy doing that um, unless she was getting paid to do it. (laughs) That was pretty... uh... Rowling said you did a pretty good impression of that. Yeah. But but we know that show would be, be politically incorrect by today's standards, but moving on. Our next question category is literature. How many years is a copyright protection granted in the United States to an author after their death? Slightly. What do you have? I was going to say 10. 10 is incorrect. It's going to be higher than 10, 20, 15. Oh, uh, a lot higher. 100. Lower than 199 Damn. years. Higher than 50. 75. Close, <sighs> but but no cigar. It's not 75. Ooh, lower. 69. We have... Um, I'm... Because you were within three points rounding third, I'm going to give you credit. Um, the, the, the actual answer is 70, and you didn't go over. Wow, way to go there. I guess, uh, Rodney, you're, uh, Rodney, you're way up to catch just that. Uh-huh. I think over in, like, 
in England or in France that they're like 50 years. Why does someone that's dead need a copyright still? <laughs> Anyways. Well, because I, and I think after that copyright production lapses 50, 50, excuse me, 70 years after they die, um, then their work becomes open domain. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the next question category is music. What famous musician's tombstone reads, "Everybody lives, some, everybody lives somebody sometime." Oh, that's like on a commercial. Um, it well, he was also a comedian too. Matt, who also did his own variety show back in the nineteen sixties and nineteen. Matt gave a say in Morrison. Morrison is incorrect. I don't think I'm gonna come up this one and would it would it also help if this um musician and comedian was was associated with frank sinatra and sammy davis jr frank sinatra sammy davis jr what famous musician's tombstone reads everybody lives somebody sometime mary says elvis elvis is incorrect ed sullivan also i'm gonna go with man cave and say dean martin that yeah, is correct. There you go. We got a point. Thanks, man. Because, because he was a part of that famous rap pack. Yeah, I was thinking of who the thir- who the the other person was. I can't I can't think of the fourth person right offhand, but I know at least we got Sammy Davis Jr. and Frank Sinatra. Yeah, you know, like Nancy's father. Mm-hmm. Frank was a bad boy back in his day, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he probably took a lot of secrets to his grave oh, too. Yeah. And then, and then, of course. Then Mia Farrow coming out about Ronan possibly being um, Frank's son, but but Nancy swears that's nonsense. Uh, you never know. All right, our next question category is sports. Stephen Curry's father played professional basketball for what team toward the end of his career? Hmm, slightly. Not the 76ers. What do you have? Uh, the Lakers? Lakers is also incorrect. Oh, I thought I was right. Hmm. Slightly, I'm going to say the Detroit Pistons. Pistons is incorrect, but um, you're, you're in like the, just about the right geographical location. Detroit. And it's not the 76ers. Rounding says the Chicago Bulls. Bulls is incorrect. Also, the Hornets and the Bucks are also incorrect. The Pacers. Pacers incorrect. We're running out of teams in the area, folks. Um, oh, how about the slightly going to go with the Atlanta Hawks? Hawks is incorrect. Um, oh. It's always Atlanta, I thought. Um, would it also help that this team is not even in the United States? Oh, slightly. I'm going to go with the Toronto Raptors. That yeah, is that's correct. right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you, you were getting close. Yeah, yeah, that was close. All right. Our last question of the night category is entertainment. Which country is home to the world's longest roller coaster? Uh, slightly is going to say the United States. United States is incorrect. If I get this right, I'll time. It's not France. It's not Belgium. It can't be Mexico. Well, it could be. They they build. They they nope. get over big walls. 
Um, I see a correct oh, answer. Oh, don't tell me it's just with Japan. That is correct. It is the Steel Dragon 2000 that is about a mile, mile, 1.54 miles long, and it climbs up to speeds of 95 miles per hour and features a 307-foot drop, making it a um, giga coaster. Giga coaster. About as tall as... That's about as tall as, say, Millennium Force at Cedar Point and Fury 325 at Carowinds. Yeah, that's a fucking coaster I will never go on. You can, I, I, I guarantee you that. That's for sure. Was it from the Olympics, well, Mary asked, do you think? Or if you know. Um, don't think it was. Um, um, a, a strata coaster would be like the um, King Dakot at Six Flags Great Adventure. I mean, no way would you ever get on. No, that. I don't even. In, well, I don't. I won't even give Six Flags any of my money. I have no reason to go into their parks. Mm-hmm. So right. that was the last. Of the but tonight. um, our final question. I mean, who's our who's our big no. winner tonight, or do we need to break a tie? No, and I if I if I would have gotten the last uh, question correct, we would have had a tie. But uh, tonight. Our fantastic winner is none other than our favorite duck. That's right. Just Duck is our winner. Yeah. Congratulations, Jeff. Well, um, well, I think um, we're, we've been missing out, missing out on Pert. We, you know, keeping his win streak alive. Yeah. Well, but you know, he. he um, but I know people are probably gonna be like, "Don't give him any ideas." Right, yeah. I, I don't know. I think tonight uh, Jess would have given Pert a run for his money too. But oh yeah, Jess. Uh, do you, but, the only um, thing is, is Jess has to call in to claim her prize now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, hopefully, Pert should be back ne- next week. Um, even though it'll most likely be um, Podbean only, since um. We hope everybody will be here Friday, you know, as we, um, you know, go go on kind of a video stream um, season finale. Yeah, it'll be our last uh, video cast on DLive.TV. So if you haven't gotten DLive.TV, now's the time to get it before I go uh, away from the uh, monitors for a while. And, uh, yeah, make sure you join us. Friday will be our last night. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. but, but to our video audience watching us and, like on D Live, Twitch, and Facebook, um, you know, we'll, we'll still be on Podbean, but it, hopefully, sometime in the first quarter of the new year, you know, you, you know, we you will be um, you, you know, be wowed by the new studio, yep. and um, because we're building you a better podcast experience. That's right. You'll have a better. We'll have a better studio uh, coming at you from a better location, a place that's not as woke as California. So we're excited about that. Uh, Jess Doc says uh, she don't need to call in. She's got my meat. What else? Uh, what else more does she need? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure. Oh my goodness! I'm glad to hear. Uh, Big Sexy and I are both glad to hear that you are enjoying our meat. And uh, oh, that, that oh that that was really good. The did you the, um, did you already finish the, the dirt? chili lime? Did you already finish the chili lime, Mary? Oh, I ate it all in one day. You ate it in one day. Unbelievable. <laughs> It was that good. Oh yeah, I it, you do have that problem sometimes. Uh, I yeah, it's just not enough meat, but there's always more. But yeah, you know, and 
But I think, and, and like we said earlier, like um, when, when the video streams return, we'll hopefully have Ray, Ray and company from Freethink back. And, and we're, we're also going to get in touch with Anthony Carbonaro and Miss Peggy. And, and we're going to still keep pushing for a, a big VIP guest. We won't say who, but, um, but hopefully that'll be probably our biggest show of 2022 yeah. today. Well, I'm looking forward to having Peggy on because once Peggy calls in, Jess Duck is calling in. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold oh, yes. Jess Duck to that by the way. And I guess we'll hold Jeremy to, you know, bringing back like Cummings's culture or, or, or launching a brand new podcast, you mm. know, you know, incarnation of some sort. Well, I, I think I'm still more excited that Jess Duck will call in, but you know, we'll, we'll also do that for Jeremy too. We'll, we'll hold him to that. But uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> Jess, uh, Mary says uh, the jerky, the uh, beef chips is just kind of like her Girl Scout cookies all in one day, a box a day, a bag a day. And uh, also Jess Duck says, <laughs> it's like a threesome when I'm eating it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my. You guys. Cochina. Anyways, final thoughts tonight, Producer Eric, before we head out. We gotta, we're got we a little over to Well, well um, you know, we had a, had a good time tonight. Um, Thank you to all the friends who join us, Mario and um, and and the other Mary. Let me see what her name is, Mario Grady, and Real Patriot Voice and Rounding Third and BP Forty Nine and Mister T for also joining us and Man Cave, who is not Asha and Jester and Revolutionary Bro and Friday kind of guy, and and of course our favorite resident pod being Troll Dose, the friendly troll. Friendly troll Dose, yeah. You know. Gotta love those. And but, um, special thanks to our good friend Ray Bow from the Freethink Institute for joining us uh, for the first hour. And then dude, Sean just came in as we're getting ready to wrap up. Dude, Sean, don't you know we start at 6.30? You're a little late, my friend. But it's all right. You can come catch us tomorrow night at 6.30. Well, our, our hump day episode is tomorrow. And I mean, you know, and, and all, all of our friends are invited to join us. Yes, and it was good to see you rounding. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening. And uh, everybody else, I hope your rest of your evening goes well. Oh, don't be sad, dude, Sean. Yeah, don't be, we'll be back tomorrow, I promise. Don't, don't be sad. Anyways, enjoy the rest of your evening. God bless. God bless America and all that good stuff. And we'll see you back here manana. See you next time, everybody. Thanks for listening to tonight's show. Not all content is endorsed by Slightly. However, if you'd like to contact me for any reason, email us over at slightlyseriousshow at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. Don't forget to share the show and help us grow our audience. And remember, we mean that in the most serious way. Until the next time, good night, everybody. And remember, I love you and I love your show.
time.